So 10.23, we'll start at 10.28. Maybe or you know what? Let's let's make it three minutes. So people won't be like, um, and is it gonna start? <laughs> so ten twenty six.
Hello, hello, everybody. Hello. What's going on, everybody? So, welcome to Five Stripe Weekly Live. I am AJ. That is Michael Weiss. And, yes, we are going to review the LAFC match and also get into some news and preview that DC United game over the weekend. But... Yeah, uh, before we get all into that, uh, thank you for joining. Let's know you're here in the chat below. But uh, also remember to like, share, comment, and subscribe. But uh, yeah, let's get into this LAFC match that, if you stayed up for it, I mean, like you're staying up for this, kind of to a degree. Not as late, obviously. Uh, it was it was a no-no draw, but there was a lot of action one-sided action for sure but Brad Guzan was able to really do something that uh, I think rectified a lot of the opinion of him uh, for the last match that he played against us or with us for us uh, it was uh, not his shining moments last match but this match holy crap eight nine saves nine, nine. saves on the night I believe a record Ridiculous. high for him. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's a career high in MLS for him, or at least for LA United. And, uh, I mean, yeah, Michael, like, what are your initial thoughts on this LAFC match? Uh, we got lucky to salvage a point out of that. Uh, LAFC essentially made our midfield Swiss cheese. We were unable to really uh, progress the ball forward in any effective way. Uh, we had to pretty much bypass our midfield. We s started seeing our defensive back start to uh, hoof the ball over and uh, just try and get something to our offensive guys. And it just really wasn't working. Yako was very frustrated. Uh, we uh, really had some, like, you know, you talk about puck luck and other types of things, other sports. Something was going on against LAFC tonight. I mean, I can't believe... The, one of the league's best, you know, noses for goal type scorers, Carlos Vela, fluffs two penalty kicks. I, I was like, oh, okay, here it is. Of course, of course, it's gonna we're gonna lose to a dumb penalty after all the hard work we've done, and then somehow Brad Guzan saves it because you know he was a little bit off his line, and then Carlos Vela does us a solid and puts that thing in the upper fifteen. I like is. <laughs> Oh man, that was um. I was I, that may have been like my third or so heart attack this game, so yeah. Uh, for sure, yeah. He uh, he murdered somebody in the uh, in the three two five two. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, call it luck, but call it maybe some imposing uh, presence also in front of net. But Braguzan. He single-handedly earned us this point. It was essentially... We had nothing going forward. We had zero shots. It was that type of match where... I mean, it's it's really not that different from a lot of our matches on the road. We constantly look bereft of ideas away. And this uh, match was really no different in a lot of respects. Uh, unchanged 11. Yakumakis up top. 
Uh, and he looks starved for any service. Like, anything. And when he had to come off, that was... Yeah, I mean, I was pissed for him. Like, he... Uh, you know, that, that record that he was trying to chase, uh, every start that he had, pretty much uh, he was getting a goal. Uh, and ironically enough, Taylor Twelman was the guy who's calling the match. It's uh, it's one of those, like, yeah, you know, we just could not find him anywhere near the box. We pretty much, we couldn't really find the box sans that, that first early chance when... Uh, Etienne played that 1-2 with Gutman, and Gutman was able to uh, pretty much kind of pull it back, kind of more like a square ball to uh, Tiago Amada, who skied that chance. And then beyond that, we we were just getting our goal peppered for yeah. that half, for the rest of the game. I mean, it's... Uh, Braguzan, he had something to prove. That's That much was clear. He... He was a, a man on a mission to to show that he's not done. And may it continue, really, because we need it. We absolutely need it, especially on the road. We have an anemic record. And especially now, I think, uh, you know, you you have... I think it, it was, uh, a, you know, either this previous match or the match before that, uh, there were stats out there showing that we had the lowest shot in percentage in the league for mm -hmm. all three keepers. Really bad, really bad stuff uh, from our from our keepers. But Bregozan was able to, uh, yeah, definitely rectify that this night. But uh, in terms of uh, you know, for you, any other like standings that uh, you know are of note. Yeah, I want to talk about Brad for a second because I need to give him his accolades. Uh, I, I guess we can say the old man still got the fastball because, boy, did he show up. Um, I think Mike Conti was saying something along the lines of maybe two or three of those nine shots uh, were kind of routine saves. So you're talking like six or uh, you know seven or six shots that were tough, that were not routine, that he had to stand on his head for. And... A lot of people were saying, you know, Atlanta United is oftentimes on the other side of this equation where the uh, other team's goalie away plays outstanding, ridiculous, way above their level as the old, you know, everyone, you know, another thing that a lot of people say is that like when a lot of teams come play in the Mercedes Benz, this is their MLS cup game. This is their cup final. They all feel like, you know, oh, the blaring lights and everything like it, it's it, and they always play way above that they're like average for whatever reason against us so you know it's like everyone always has a point to prove when they play atlanta um i would have thought that that you know would that the last couple of years would tarnish that but it seems like people still come to the bends and really just think like you know this is our cup final we did that this time in la i mean it's like that same effect because la is that is the team to beat now um so it's like we came there we had something to prove. Unfortunately, we didn't get the three points because our offense was just completely shut down uh, thanks to the incredible job that they did against our midfield. But, um, man, did Brad show up. That was that was immaculate goalkeeping. That was some Aston Villa-level crazy, you know, back-in-the-day vintage Guzan. So um, happy to see that. And that's, like, like you said, it's a strong showing 
after an abysmal kind of performance he had last game, which seems to be kind of going like, have a bad game, have a good game, you know, against Orlando, it was a pretty good game, and then have a bad game, and now we'll have an excellent game. It will be interesting to see what he has next time, because, like, if you take those games and you average them together, he kind of is, like, an, an okay keeper. <laughs> so I would like to see it some consistency with his He's, play. Uh, mediocre. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd like to see not the either yeah, gets and, blown out or he does amazing. So, right, because it was slightly embarrassing the performance last match. I mean, he basically fell over on that third goal before he even realized, uh, you know, kind of what even happened. Um, yeah, but we even might have even stolen this match. We could have smashed and grabbed this uh, because, yeah, there was the uh, the Tyler Wolf chance, mm-hmm. and then there was, uh, I believe, was it Caleb Wiley that uh, could have put it away? No, no. It was, a Johnny uh, Fortune. A Johnny Fortune that could have put away that, yeah, that chance where he, it was a tap-in, and unfortunately it was just wide. I mean, yeah, this, this match, uh, like you mentioned, with a lot of heart attack moments, but also... Not only heart and mouth moments, because uh, the number of times that Braguzan had to come off his line, uh, definitely. I'm I mean, sure he didn't have to come off that. a lot of those times, <laughs> but he did, and it made everyone really nervous. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and yeah, there were times where yeah, basically like uh, Miles Robinson had to save the day because uh, there was one one moment where the ball was bouncing. And, uh, yeah, Braguzan was already off his line, and somehow Miles Robinson was able to just put off his, you know, attacker just enough. Yeah. Um, I'll uh, just add a, a, ball. I'll add a tidbit uh, yeah, there because I'll, I'll add a thing there because um, I was a little confused as this, and I had to kind of see some guidance to understand what happened there. Because what, what happened was Miles Robinson essentially had a handball in the box. Um, he got hit with the ball. He, he controlled it off of his chest and it hit his arm. So they reviewed it and tried to look at it. I was confused why it wasn't a handball. Um, but because it wasn't an attacker shooting it at him and he was putting his arm to block it, he did it. He had it basically done with his chest instead. So then the subsequent ball that then hit his arm, that wasn't like an unnatural position. So that's why they didn't call it as that. So that was confusing to me. So I thought I would explain that so anyone else who may have been like, why did that happen? You know, a little bit of help. That was that play. Uh, Yeah, I think I was mentioning the play on the outside of the box when he missed the ball completely uh, going for a header. But uh, same, yeah. But, like, basically, Miles Robinson, yeah, he had to intervene. I don't yeah, for that penalty shout, he made about that anyway but yes it hit him on the desk and hit his arm so yeah definitely not a penalty for me anyway uh the actual penalty itself uh from Parata, yeah yeah it was a penalty he just bowled over his man he got a yellow there were a lot of yellows in this match too uh but i think yeah you know i think the the defense overall did enough uh to you know be gritty to get this result um but, yeah, you definitely do not want to give up that many shots. That's that's troublesome. Uh, gives me PTSD. 
uh, because uh, there's some other the other team that I support in Arsenal. Uh, there was a there was a manager that uh, by the name of Unai Emery who also had very similar kind of respects of trying to build out from the back and in turn also you know kind of tweak stuff but you don't really have a strong defense you're just getting your your goal shot at consistently and incessantly and this is yeah i i I think this is just like my heart uh especially that late at night you don't need this you know like Something just a little bit more comfortable. You asked me to go to uh, sleep right afterwards too. Would just be like... a lot better. <laughs> exactly, man. Like that's just not not conducive to to good uh, Z's. But uh, it's uh, at the at the at the most in this match. Uh, I think we showed the resilience. We showed. Uh, an ability to be able to come back from adversity in terms of, uh, you know, maybe Braguzan, anyway. But uh, it's worrying. It is very worrying on the road how we cannot muster up much of anything in attack. And it, it's to your point. That midfield looks just overrun, looks overmatched in most games. Uh, Tiago Almada hasn't really looked himself in some time. Uh, you also have uh, Derek Etienne severely underperforming. Uh, I mean, Caleb Wiley, just uh, in the few minutes that he was on, like 15 minutes, he looked way more dangerous than Derek Etienne. And uh, let's be honest, like Luis Adarujo, he looked like he looked really good for most of this match in terms of in possession and, uh, you know, helping us in the build-up in terms of, you know, obviously in shots and uh, in the attack not not so much but uh, but I also thought Franco Barra had a really good match uh, not maybe in the build-up but he was able to break up a lot of plays he was able to uh, really control a lot of uh, kind of where the attack was going which, yeah, I mean, essentially Brooks Lennon uh, had a really busy night. He more or less pocketed Denny Buwanga, but uh, there were some definite moments where uh, Buwanga had some had his chances. He had and quite a few shots was, from like outside the box that just sailed over or were wide. Right. Yeah, and so either it's luck, or uh, Brooks Lennon was able to do just enough, and Brad Guzan was able to do just enough. Uh, we were able to, and I think there were times that, yeah, Braguzan, he had to intervene just at the very last moment. Because, uh, yeah, there was a, a cross-field ball that uh, was the back post that Braguzan, I mean, on another night, he would have given up the goal, but he stayed big, you know, hit his chest. He was able to do enough, but, um, but yeah, I mean... Let's check the uh, the chat real quick. See if anybody has anything to say. But um, yeah, so just yeah. a couple of names in the chat. Yeah, we'll, we got Niall. We got Elliot Beaven. We got Strong. Um, Niall's talking about Bruzan. Uh, Bruzan. She's like combined Brad and Guzan. Uh, Brad Guzan hit the bill uh, and a, turned himself a into a superhero. Yeah, he did. Um, 
They put an amazing edit of him on Twitter about Brad. Um, Elliot says, Guzan's grabbing the balls like a polar bear. (laughs) Um, uh, Niles says, Miles put Bwong in his pocket. Yeah, it's kind of like what he just said. Um, Like... It's it's funny. I mean, like he he did neutralize him when he was in really dangerous situations, but he so and and because of that he was kept to like taking shots outside the box in low probability positions. Um, and honestly, Boanga usually is more dangerous, and even in those types of situations. So I was worried. Yeah, it's like you know a situation like other teams want to keep Thiago Amat outside the box, but then he just kind of throws a banger in from outside the box. Danny Boanga has that ability too. So I was really worried about that. Luckily, he was just not sharp. I don't know. Maybe the CCL hangover was real on him because they worked him too hard. I was surprised he played as long as he did. Um, like he, he was just I don't know. He just he didn't have it that night, and I'm so happy about that because when him and Carlos Vela were on the field at the same time, I'm like, this is going to be a goal. There's just no way it's not. And somehow, you know, the soccer gods be praised. It didn't fall exactly how he needed it to. So, um, let me just finish off the chat real quick. Ooh. Elliot says again, the midfield needs to do better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was a clear no handball. Niles says, yeah. Um, about Miles, yeah. Like, like I said, off the chest. Um, Sosa has to go, in my opinion, too injury ridden. Keep Rosetto. Think he's a good depth piece. Yeah, I mean Rosetto could be a good depth piece. He's definitely not a starter. Um, Credit has to be given to as Atlanta and SKC are the only teams that have not lost at LAFC. It's pretty cool. <laughs> have not lost. Is that true? We've yeah, not we've I not mean, lost at LAFC. Yeah, we we have not lost against LAFC. Uh, yeah, we're two and two against them, which is a very small sample size, but interesting. Still, we'll take that because uh, yeah, they've been a very strong side. Uh, but I think it's also this, yeah, like this season as well, uh, LFC haven't played that many games in MLS too. So, you know, they're, uh, I think f- played four less games than every other team in the league. Yeah. Something but, like that. Um, but either way, we'll, we'll take that. Uh, we'll take those, uh, those plaudits, but, uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, we'll get to Sosa. We'll get to, you know. Yeah. We did lose against some 4v3 uh, in LA. I remember that. I remember watching that at a bar in like 2000 and- 18 or something like that right but we beat them 5-0 in our very first match so we'll uh we'll always hold that over them yeah but uh yeah but it is this it's like uh this match yeah i mean i we i think we know like we need a stronger midfield there's there's the connectivity between the lines is the issue and that's why our mid our our attack is so starved for any sort of action because they have to come so deep to make anything happen, and uh, those those ch- chances they're snatching at them because they know, okay, this is the moment. And then it's like, you know, you rush your chance, or you uh, you basically, you know, you you don't give it the proper uh, poise that you need to put the ball in the back of the net. And yeah, but I still think yeah, like build up wise, we were able to do some things that. Uh, were acceptable, I suppose. Um, I think Yakumakis was still being able to uh, hold up the ball really well on the wings and, you know, uh, kind of keep us from having to maybe continually be in our own half. But, like, the uh, the possession stats are, like, very surprising. 
I have because... no idea how we had 50-50 at the end. I, yeah. I, I just that doesn't it, pass it, the the smell test. I, I have no idea. No, it, <laughs> it, it it doesn't make sense. But uh, you know, it is ultimately it shows you that possession means jack squat. Like it's what you do with the ball and LAFC. They I I I don't even know how many shots it was, but it was a lot. It was, uh, let's take a look at it. It was 22 to 4. Eight shots on target. We had zero shots on target. So, yeah, and we actually had slightly, we edged them in possession. But the, uh, yep, 2.3 XG, that kind of jives. Uh, 0.8 for us, that doesn't jive. Uh, <laughs> that we almost had one goal. It's Doesn't that, make sense. Actually, it's that a but. it's that a Johnny Fortune to, should have been a goal. I mean that that's a high probability yeah. scoring position, so that's probably where the majority yeah. of that comes from. Yeah, uh, and I think uh, yeah. Before we wrap up the uh, the review part of this, there was another penalty shot that maybe didn't even happen. It wasn't even a shout, but uh, Brad Guzan bowling over his man. And oh yeah, yeah. Being able to make that, uh, you know, Tyler yeah, Twelve losing that, a uh, shit. really instinctive save. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. That probably on uh, another day could have been a penalty, but uh, you know, I think uh, Guzan had this hoodoo. Yeah. This night, and it was just enough, just enough to uh, get us the result that we need. And I think uh, ultimately. I mean, uh, we'll take it on the road against LAFC. Like, we, I think, feared probably the worst yeah. against an LAFC team that, uh, you know, was in the Champions League final. Like, yeah. you, you take this all day. Yeah. Yeah. We Did we Especially, deserve uh, Did we deserve three points? No. One win is... <laughs> Say that again. You, yeah. you broke up a we little bit. We likely did not deserve this. Uh, I think all the numbers. Yeah, we have one win in seven games in our last seven games. A lot of draws, so, though. So that's yeah, something, I, think, I guess. Yep, a lot of draws. Exactly. We're we're still hanging in there in fifth somehow. Uh, so we'll, we'll uh, I think, kind of swiftly transition into the news. Unless you have, uh, you know, some parting thoughts on this um yeah sure i thought gutman did really well he was an engine everywhere he went um i thought brooks london did pretty well robinson had like an iffy night like he did he had it was dire interventions that he intervened with that were necessary but they also like put us in some awkward situations um let's see who else ibarra was pretty good too there was like one time he gave like one time he gave away the ball in a dangerous area, but he trekked all the way back to stop it and kind of solved his own problem he created. Um, who else was there uh, that had some standout moments? I like you know I'm interested to see Wiley and Tyler Wolf employed more. Like you said, Derek Etienne just is not cutting it, so that needs to go. Miguel Barry did pretty well. Like his extra versus speed in like what was it the sixty some minute or whatever seventy minute whenever he came in, I thought he. Showed some heart, you know. Obviously, he's supercharged a bit after scoring that Galazzo. But, you know, I predicted he would go back to mediocrity after that because there was nothing. There's nothing in the cards or, you know, in the tea leaves or whatever that tells me 
that is like a replicable thing he's just going to keep doing. So um, I didn't expect that to happen and I don't going forward. So I don't, I wouldn't suggest you expect it either. Um, maybe, hopefully it'll happen again once or twice, but I just don't see it. Um, who else? Yeah, so like I just have to end by just saying once again, Brad Guzan did amazing. This is, if you missed this match, go back and watch it. Um, aside from the heart attacks, you get to see a masterclass by a goalie, which is not super common um, in MLS or anywhere else, really. Um, this was really good. Like, so if you really want to take like, if you're wanting to aspire to be a goalie, it's a good match to watch. So, you know, like it's that that's what I'll say about uh, to end on Brad Guzan, because that's where it should end on is talking about the big man, because boy, did he show up. Yeah. And it was his uh, 150th uh, appearance for LA United, his 50th clean sheet as well. Uh, I believe it was uh, the 100th appearance for Miles Robinson. So uh, a, a banner game for them uh, in terms of being able to keep the clean sheet. Uh, so, you know, defense-wise, that's good. Uh, would we would we take a better result? Absolutely, but like we said, you'll take this uh, probably 9 out of 10 times. So, uh, but, all right, so let's get into the news then. Uh, like I said, we're fifth in the Eastern Conference uh, somehow. <laughs> that's that's the, uh, I don't know. It's, it's tight this it, year. It's a mediocrity. Yeah, it's tight, I guess. Uh, it's something. Uh, I don't know how we're, we're staying in these like playoff spots with how anemic our form has been. But uh, it's incredible. And, uh, you know, especially with uh, the likes of, like, you know, Hani Mukhtar with National SC, with FC Cincy, with Lucho Acosta and Brandon Vasquez, just how they're, uh, I mean, yeah, I think near the top, they're running away with, with it a yeah. little bit. But, uh, you know, a little bit in the middle spots, it's, it's uh, bunched up. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we were able to, uh, you know, I think jump Columbus crew somehow as well. Uh, but I think it's because they didn't play. So, you know, that probably helps too. But um, but let's move on to the biggest news of this past day. Like, I don't know how or if you missed this news. I mean, you just must not be a soccer fan if that's the case. But Lionel Messi, he is going to enter Miami and he is coming to MLS. Uh, why is this relevant to LA United? Well, uh, we are probably the first match that Lionel Messi will play in MLS. So in the kind of mid to July, uh, there's of course League's Cup and also uh, we play them at home. Uh, boy, yeah, if you... Yeah, if you're a season ticket member and not wanting to hold on to your seats, you can probably recoup your entire season by just selling that ticket. But uh, it's ridiculous out there right now. I mean, Chicago sold 10,000 tickets or something like that just on that day. Uh, apparently, DC United as well sold a ridiculous amount of tickets. Uh, you have their... Instagram, uh, Inter Miami's Instagram jumping up from I think something like one mil to about four mil. It was at five, uh, and it followers. might it's probably higher now. <clears throat> Let's see. Yeah, it's just only going to continue to jump higher, and that's just uh, the power of Lionel Messi 
coming into this league. Uh, we'll get on the impact. Six point three million now. I think uh, six point. Yeah, it's just it's gonna keep going, and uh, yeah, it's it's wild because I mean, yeah, you already had the the David Beckham effect, but now it's gonna be the the best player ever. Let's just be real. If, if you're a Ronaldo fan, okay, but <laughs> let's just uh, let's just call a spade a spade here. Yeah, and um, you know the the Messi versus Ronaldo debates. Um, yeah, they'll they'll be endless. You can be on one aisle or the other aisle. You can let us know in the comments below. I'm sure as well what you think. But uh, yeah, like this impact is on a Pele level. Is on a. It's definitely going to be greater than David Beckham level, but uh, the deal that he is reportedly getting—it's uh, not finalized yet—but is that he's going to get, uh, you know, some stake in the Adidas deal, in the Apple TV deal, as well as—I mean, at this point, we're breaking or they're breaking all the rules for Lionel Messi to even come into the league. Uh, so, you know, the salary structure—that's going to probably have to go away. Uh, there's rumors of, you know, uh, Sergio Busquets coming to Inter Miami. Di Maria. Uh, rumors of, yeah, Di Maria. Uh, to a very lesser degree, Luis Suarez. Uh, I don't know how that's all going to happen, but obviously, Jose Martinez is on the squad right now. He's a DP. Uh, you have uh, Campagna as well, one of the other DPs. And then and, you and also Grego have or whatever? Old, or... old friend. Uh, What's the Grego. other one? No, not Gregor. Uh, <laughs> um, Gregory, nope. Gregor, something like that. He's a third DP on their team. Oh, Gregory. Gregory, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Gregory, yeah, yeah. Uh, that midfielder is definitely probably gone. Uh, yeah, I think if you can get Busquets or uh, keep Gregory, I think you're probably yeah you're bringing in Busquets. But uh, also in an old friend in Tata Martino, he is reportedly uh, being linked to Inter Miami as well. So. Uh, uh, Kind of MLS homecoming of sorts, which is very, very disconcerting because we all love Tata Martino. And Jose Martino, as I think, holds a soft part in most of our hearts. Uh, seeing both of them recombine, reunite, and as well have a world beater in Lionel Messi, who, by the way, <laughs> is still no slouch. He had, he is one of the like two players in the top five leagues in Europe to have 20 goals and 20 assists, or at least double digit, rather, double digit assists and goals uh, in a top five league. One of two players. That's along with, uh, what's his name? Uh, for some reason, I can't remember him right now. But uh, yeah, a former teammate of his. Man, can't remember. Oh well. Uh, Griezmann. Antoine Griezmann. So, one of two players to have that. That's just... Yeah, it shows you that he is still absolutely the GOAT. And in case and, you forgot, he just won the World Cup. <laughs> exactly. In case you forgot. Exactly. So, this this is troublesome. We're in the same conference as Inter-Miami. They're 8th or ninth right now in the uh, league. They're way uh, worse. Yeah, Inter Miami worse? is okay, yeah. way worse. I think. Let me. Way I, worse. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just double check because I just looked and I. It's it's bad. They're twenty seventh in the for the shield, yeah. 
Um, and in their conf- in our conference, they are last, 15th. Last. Yeah. And they just let go of their coach, Phil Neville. Uh, yeah. Like, this is as good of a turnaround as you can get. Like that, if <laughs> the, there's probably the best, the best yeah. turnaround you could get possibly get. <laughs> yeah. It really doesn't get much better. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, man, I'm... I'm perturbed. I'm concerned. Uh, yeah, you know, we have to pretty much... I don't know. I mean, like, it, it might actually be better to actually be in the, like, middle spots because I don't see them getting into the middle spots. They can probably sneak into a playoff spot, in which case, yeah, if you're FC Cincy or Nashville or whichever team, you'll have to face... You, you're... you're uh, yeah, if you don't get a buy. Like sure. your prize is to face Lionel Messi and yeah. enter Miami, if they can get into the playoffs. Uh, so let me we'll let see. me kind of like maybe assuage a little bit of your concerns. I'm not, you know, ringing all the alarm bells for a Inter Miami with Messi. Um, if it's Messi and friends, I will be because I don't think. I mean, he's the world's best player, but I don't think even him by himself with what Inter Miami has right now can do that much more. Uh, are they a playoff team? Yeah, I think so. Um, he's just that good that I think he can just lift them to that. But I don't think that, I think that they're still going to struggle against the upper half of the league. And I think we can still beat them, especially, and I think this is going to happen. Keep your eyes peeled on the league. I think a lot of other teams and hopefully, and specifically Atlanta, after seeing what just happened, are going to sign their own world beaters. I really think we're going to have a response. And, um, you know, if, if we have them here in place in time to be able to play against games where they're going to deploy Messi, I think we'll be in a pretty good spot. Because, I, you know, you can have a great player like you had Zlatan Ibrahimovic on Galaxy. They were not a good team overall. They could beat the pants out of LAFC, but they weren't very good outside of that. So, you know, you can have a, you know, like insanely good player, but if you don't have the accompaniment, that's why we talked about Busquets earlier. Like, you know, if you get, if you can get Messi and friends, then uh, that's going to be terrifying. Uh, You know, Di Maria's, you know, teammate on Argentina, like it's, if they get that kind of chemistry going, the league is in super trouble again. But to your point, I have no financial way of understanding how the hell they could do that. But you know, they rewrite the rules, so you know it is what it is. But if there are rules for them, they're going to rewrite the rules for everybody. So we'll get our own. We'll get our own. So you know, it's we'll see. We'll see what we can do. Um, but I wouldn't be super afraid yet. I mean, it's going to be awesome to watch them. And honestly, it there is a scenario. Let's be real. There is a scenario where putting Messi on a team without putting any other players, just keeping it away, actually makes them worse. It could. It could do that. It depends on the motivation of Lionel Messi, for sure. Uh, but I think, you know, to the Tiago Amada point of uh, how he's willed us into a playoff spot, I think, uh, yeah. you know, there is there is an argument that Lionel Messi can will them to yeah he absolutely can but like them completely putting all their eggs in a messy basket could hurt them in the long run what if he gets injured 
and the rest of their team just literally can't play because like they everything is built around why wouldn't you build around Messi? So like you know, it could be something along those lines. You never know. Um soccer's a fickle mistress, so we'll see, but I I mean, you know, if I'm going to if you're going to make me bet on it, I would say like he's definitely going to put them up into the playoffs, but there is a scenario where it could backfire. So you never know. Right. And I think the uh, the biggest marker is next season if he, you know, uh is playing with them next season but i would imagine uh yeah that's when they build a team around him i think that's when you'll see uh a really really dangerous inter miami side uh, and especially if the salary structure in mls has loosened up after it, that it's got to but, doesn't it it has to yeah and but that's the thing too uh you know on your point of uh we'll bring in our own uh you know superstars I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than Messi, so it's like, yeah, for us, we'd have to figure out what that would look like uh, and who that would be. And obviously, you know, Tiago Amada probably is the person revolving out of that door, and so it probably is somebody that, uh, man, it's just, that's the, the bummer. Is I mean, obviously, there's discovery rights in MLS, uh, and, you know, why would he come to Atlanta? I think that's probably the... Uh, the biggest question there uh, as well in terms of Messi. Uh, I think it was always that connection with David Beckham mm-hmm. and it being a uh, Miami. It's arguable that it's a more like global city at yeah. times than Atlanta. Yeah. You know, you, you have that, that cachet of uh, it just being, you, you have that attractiveness of it being just a party town. Uh, a lot of tourists coming in, um, and just you know that glitz and glamour. Yeah, like we absolutely. we have some glitz and glamour, but it's not on a level of uh, South Beach at times. Yeah, so. we don't have a beach. If Atlanta had a beach, we'd be pretty pretty solid. Right, right. We have a, a very large South American population, but I think it's you know ultimately uh, there is that cachet, uh, even though they're playing in Fort Lauderdale. So yeah, uh, yeah. We could in, an, still, in an eighteen thousand person stadium for Lionel Messi, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean they probably have to start figuring out how to expand that uh, that stadium, like little by little or quickly, you know, pretty soon. But uh, I think uh, yeah, somebody pointed out on Twitter this very astute thing that uh, so BT Martinez is playing with Ronaldo in uh, Saudi Arabia, and Joseph Martinez is playing with. Are going to play with Messi in Inter Miami. Six so, degrees of separation. <laughs> absolutely, it's it's definitely it's a it's a weird timeline, uh, man. Like, I don't know, man. Like, either way, how long do you think Ronaldo's going to stay in Saudi Arabia? Uh, he's getting really well paid. I think he's staying there. Um, I mean, uh, Kareem Benzema just went there and he's being paid 200 mil. Uh, Don't you think they're year. just going to go get their bag and then hop out once their contract expires? It could be, but I think Ronaldo is getting to that age where also, like, there is that uh, that rumor of him not being able to come to America. Oh, right. Uh, so, yeah. I heard about know, that. Because of, uh, you know, uh, a lawsuit. So it is this, at this point, like, where? Where is he going to go? Like, it's at this point... Uh, the Chinese league is not really a thing anymore where, you know, people will actually want to go. They've, they pretty much end their careers there. Like talk about actual retirement leagues. Yeah. That's actually there. Uh, so yeah, it'll be very, very interesting, but, um, 
yeah, let's keep it moving. In terms of uh, yeah, other things uh, in the league, uh, so uh, we're not in the league, but around LA United. Uh, so Caleb Wiley, uh, unfortunately, the U.S. Youth National Team, they crashed out of the World Cup, but uh, Wiley had a pretty good World Cup uh, for the U-20s. So uh, yeah, good to see that he came out unscathed. Uh, so yeah. That's definitely very good news. Uh, to LA United 2, uh, the last match against Inter Miami, uh, they were able to beat them 5-0. Yep. Uh, Nick Firmino was able to win the player of the match day in the MLS Next Pro League. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, there is a player that has uh, suffered an injury. Yeah, and uh, that's very sad here but um and he uh i'm trying to get to him uh it's not showing up so we'll just have to go by memory here uh but basically a player from lai2 has suffered uh a torn meniscus uh he will be out for i think four to six weeks but um yeah i'll uh i'll find the name eventually <laughs> mystery player mystery player but uh yeah it's completely off of memory but either way um yeah, and so, uh, yeah, it's a, it's not a really super busy week of uh, of news, but it definitely is, yeah, the biggest news that definitely impacts LA United, and yeah, if you're going to any of those matches, uh, so at the very least in July, it will be a madhouse. Like it, they're definitely going to open up the the third bowl. Uh, I'm sure there is going to just be. An enormous amount of press, and yeah, it's just going to be a circus. I wonder. And... I wonder. I want to see Messi's face when they have to explain to him that he has to play on turf. Yeah, I think that's the that's the thing that we're going to be. I think wondering is that uh, you know Argentina they're going to be playing some friendlies, so there is that that's going to be happening right before the League's Cup and the match against us. Um, in MLS, so will he be playing? Will he will he play uh, on turf? Like that's the biggest question. But I think uh, to finish out all of the messy talk is that this bodes well in the run up to the World Cup in America, in Mexico, in Canada. Like this is all just I think some ridiculous stuff that's yeah. going to be. Yeah, amazing for her. It's going perfectly. I mean, think of it like this. It's, it's Everything is falling into place. You get the world's best player coming to the United States. You have League's Cup starting up. You have uh, the World Cup starting up. Um, you have the Apple deal coming through. Um, like, you have Copa America coming. Like, I, I mean, it's, it's, per it's literally perfect. Like, there, it couldn't be better uh, at this moment. Um, so, I mean, it is an exciting time to be a soccer fan. Just jumping right in right now. I mean, there's going to be, I mean, I don't, there's going to be a lot of new fans coming into soccer because of, uh, you know, the world cup people coming into age, um, you know, that weren't quite old enough before perhaps, um, to watch the games or to understand them or things like that. So, um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be awesome. Um, it's going to hopefully be kind of a cultural zeitgeist shift towards America accepting soccer a little bit more um so we'll see it's everything has aligned so 
that you know it's it's everything is laid out in a perfect you know uh perfect setup for us so we'll see yeah and uh just just to finish out that thought of uh who was injured it's Fuad Adani so uh yeah best wishes on a quick recovery to the LA United 2 player but all right so let's get into the match preview and DC United on Saturday 7:30 at the Benz uh yeah DC United they actually are in a decent spot Wayne Rooney has got them in a uh, playoff spot at the moment in seventh. Uh, pretty much six, five, and six in terms of wins, draws, and losses. They're at 23 points. Uh, you know, they're just two points below us. So this, on paper, means that they are a squad that's, yeah, uh, should play us pretty tough. And, uh, you know, in terms of the uh, the strength of them, they have Christian Benteke, a former Premier League player. Uh, they have uh, Mateos Click. They uh, they have some experience in some uh, really crucial spots. Uh, but their weakness, I mean, they lost Bill Hamid. They uh, lost Ola Kamara. They lost David Ochoa. Pretty much goalkeeper, defense, uh, midfield, fullback. All kind of questionable uh, because, I mean... If you look at kind of their goal difference, it's not great. If you look at ours, it's not great either. So, uh, but we do score a lot of goals uh, normally, Sands last match. But um, yeah, they also let in a lot of goals too. But uh, in terms of uh, yeah the uh, the key acquisitions from their off season, Mateus Click as uh, as I mentioned before, Ruan and Tyler Miller. Uh, he's their new starting goalkeeper. But, yeah, you know, Wayne Rooney has uh, led a little bit of a, I wouldn't say renaissance, but definitely he's got them playing better. And uh, you would hope so. I mean, yeah, he's uh, he's a big name. Uh, came from Derby County as well, where, uh, yeah, it, it was a mystery that he actually left a Premier League side, or not Premier League. A, championship, uh, a, right? Yeah, a championship side, a uh, an English side, rather, is more the thought that I was uh, going for, but uh, to uh, to come here and I think yeah, like ply his trade a little bit, uh, kind of in the Patrick Vieira mold, kind of in um, you know that type of uh, vein to maybe kind of get his bearings a bit more. Thierry Henry as well, of course, uh, you know with Montreal Impact. So it's it's definitely like it's a stepping stone, and it'll be interesting to see what kind of levels he can. Uh, he can bring DC United up to, but the uh, the predictions from around the league, from, uh, in terms of pundits, they don't they're not very high. They're not very high on uh, DC United. They're actually overperforming those expectations. Uh, they had them pretty much as high as 12th and as low as pretty much the wooden spoon in 15th. So uh, yeah, the expectations are low, but. Uh, you know, it's not surprising. Last year, they were 14th in the East. And, of course, they didn't qualify for the playoffs at that uh, moment with those uh, those abysmal type of, uh, you know, kind of uh, numbers there. But, yeah, getting to us. And in terms of, uh, you know, what we expect out of this match. Well, before that, uh, you know, the players that are available. Well, uh, Ozzy Alonso, he's come back. Uh, he, that was the other bit of news. He played... 
about 25 minutes or so for LA United 2. Uh, had a very emotional return. His whole family was there at uh, Fifth Third Bank Stadium. And yeah, it's uh, really great to see because I think Alonzo can play a big part in solidifying and connecting our lines uh, that we desperately need to be able to, I think, yeah, just play well on the road, play well in general, where uh, when we're missing some things, some leadership uh, from an outfield player. Yeah, it's just stuff that we're missing. And, uh, yeah, hopefully he can come back. And Pineda, Pineda was there, which was which was nice. It was yes, nice. Exactly. Yeah, it's a it's a good moment but to uh yeah, to have some uh some support from the coaching staff as well. But Eric Lopez uh is definitely out. Amar Sadich, he was uh sitting on the bench for LAFC. Uh whether he was actually able to play or not, obviously he did play and uh I think uh you know, he that leads to him being still probably questionable for this weekend's match. And Sosa as well is questionable too, so that's probably why you saw a Johnny Fortune come in. But uh, yeah, whether they will play a part this weekend, I have my doubts, but uh, we shall see. But it gets us into our predicted starting eleven, and yeah, uh, Michael, let's um, kind of go through the lines together, I suppose. Um, so at goalkeeper, Braguzan, obviously. But, yes, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but at fullback, at right fullback, uh, who do you have? I'm actually gonna go with Fernandez over Lennon because Lennon worked a lot uh, last game. A lot of the guys. I mean, uh, Jason Longshore was on the radio talking about how people don't remember this or talk about this that much, but playing extremely difficult defensive games takes a lot out of you, more so than you know, like a game that it's like 3-3 or, you know, highly offensive, you know, end-to-end, that kind of thing. Even though you'd think end-to-end is really taxing, apparently, and, you know, for fullbacks especially too, like, this is extremely draining. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was slight rotation there since it's, you know, Wednesday to Saturday, quick, you know, turnaround. Um, And Hernandez seemed fine so far this season. Um, So it wouldn't be surprising if he's out there. Um, So that's what I get for there. Yep. That's a good shout. Uh, I think I keep letting it in there and then probably just sub him off a little bit sooner. Um, I think, yeah, that ability to be able to, I think, terrorize uh, that left side of DC United, I think, will be very key. Uh, Ronald Hernandez just doesn't bring, I think, enough of uh, the attacking, uh, I think, prowess that I prefer probably in this match, where it's going to be a little tighter, I think. Uh, but, and I think we need that uh, that attacking impetus to be able to maybe find that early ball uh, for Yakumakis. Like, uh, like, he wasn't able to find him uh, in that ridiculous chip. So, yeah, more of those. And uh, Lennon is more apt to be able to, I think, do that for me. But uh, getting into the center back pairing, <laughs> are you keeping the uh, the same center back pairing or are you rotating? I, I want to see uh, Brom, but I'm probably going to go with Robinson and Parata as the yeah. center back pairing. I, I mean, it's it's so frustrating. You spend so much on a guy like that. He's got some hype to him. I mean, you don't have Tiago and uh, Tiago announce you essentially, and you be a flop. Like that's just not good. That's just like what what is going on? So um, y- you want to see him? I don't know if we will. I I think 
our strongest pairing right now just because of the chemistry is Robinson and Parata. Um, and they put in a good shift last game. So I'm going to go with them. Yeah, definitely. I would keep them both. Uh, their center backs, uh, yeah, while they were very busy, uh, it still is a lot less running. So I'm going to I'm gonna stick with the, our strongest pairing. And uh, Abram can maybe come in if we need uh, to spell a few minutes if we're up. Hopefully that is the case. But uh, getting to left fullback then, who's who's your guy? Probably Gutman. I'm just going to keep him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, Gutman is the, the man there for me as well. I think uh, Wiley could have come in. I think there is a shout that maybe uh, he might be coming in at another position. But uh, getting into midfield, who's your midfield pairing? So I'm going to have a bar back because he had a great game, and I think he's probably the strongest of this, the one of the key pieces. I mean, <laughs> we need to reconstruct the midfield in general, but at the moment I think he's a representative of the one of the strongest we could have out there. Um, Sajig, I think, is another one that pairs nicely with him. It might be our strongest pairing, and I want to see him out there, but again, to your point earlier, is he available he was on the bench, but is he truly available? We don't know. Ideally, you want to see him, but it may have to be Hosetu again. Um, and, you know, that's not great. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, I, I think it is Hosetu and Abaro. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it is what that is. And I think you saw Hosetu come off early, probably in kind of uh, preparation for that. Uh, but. Yeah, Abara as well. I, I don't I don't know if he's going to last the whole match. So it might be a Johnny Fortune. It might be Santiago Sosa who comes in. We'll find out. But uh, yeah, I think we persist with that. That would be wild if it was so. If it was uh, a Johnny over Sosa. That would be pretty crazy. Yeah, for sure. But I think he comes in to, uh, I think, spell him later in the match. I think that's mm-hmm. probably what, uh, yeah. what might happen for Abara. But... Uh, since he did play the full 90 uh, versus LAFC. But, uh, so let's get into right wing. Who do you have there? Aruju. I'm going to hack. I mean, he had a decent game last game. He skipped. Like, he he does a thing where he'll skip past a player when he gets the ball. And that's nice because you got one man down. And then he runs into two and loses it or shoots it and it goes way, way wide. So, yeah. you know, it. I mean, if we can get. If he could get that pass or if he can skip another player, is dangerous. But, all, I mean, like, all he can do is really skip one player and then he runs into trouble. So, but at that position, I think he's the best one we have. It, it draws into, like, a little bit of why are we playing two inverted wingers um, often? It's, it, I don't know if that's their best play. Aruju's fast. Why not have him on left wing and just bomb down and then have those one-touch crosses um, instead of having to take you know his time, dribble a little, and cut in because it always seems to be that that dribble is where he loses it. Um, so I don't know. That's just my – that's a story for another day about inverted wingers. Yeah, and I, I like inverted wingers when they're producing, uh, when they're uh, you know shooting on goal, but uh, yeah, at the moment – uh, Aruju and Derek Etienne are not shooting on goal. So, um, yeah. But, yes. Conversation for another day. Aruju at right wing for me. Uh, I think the easiest one right now. Uh, first name on the team sheet. Tiago Almada at the 10. Uh, 
not much more probably needs to be said about that. But um, although, yeah, you know, he has been a little bit not himself at the moment. I don't know if it's his if that's his fault. I don't know. He he just doesn't have a lot of support. Once he gets the ball from midfield, uh, from like the defensive midfield or the or the center backs of the fullback, it's just it's always in a hectic situation where he yeah. doesn't have a lot to work with. So I don't really blame, like he has zero time, zero opportunity. So yeah. it is what it is with that. I don't know if, you know, more space opens up for him, gives him more time to be an operator. He can do more with it. We'll see. Um, but, you know, I mean, obviously he's the one, he's going to have that position. He's going to start, so. Right. But, uh, yeah, to your point, it's, yeah, he's not give, not being given a lot of space to operate at the moment. Uh, and it is also, he's not, being found in super dangerous spots in the box, although yes, you know the first chance uh, of the LAFC match, uh, he skied that one. But otherwise, I mean, it, it is that because they're snatching at the the few chances that they're they're getting, and I think that's where um, you know it is the the culprit at the the moment. But uh, yeah, so left wing going with Derek Etienne or Caleb Wiley. We go with. I mean, in my estimation, it's like it's either Wolf or Wiley. Etienne's lost that position to me. Um, I'll pr- I, I'll probably have Wiley there. That's that's my that's that's what I'd like to see. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. It's uh, I agree. I mean, yeah. Tyler Wolf. Uh, yeah, he has been playing uh, pretty decently when he's come on. Um, yeah, I don't know if he's earned the position quite yet, uh, or at least to start, but Caleb Wiley, when he has started, definitely has. And, yeah, you know, you, you see him very, very productive, especially at home. Um, you know, his home cooking, the uh, the home crowd, he's from Atlanta. Like, yeah, he's going to be, uh, you know, hyped. He's going to be able to, uh, I think, channel that energy. And I think we, we need to score first. We need to be able to uh you know get an early lead to uh to kind of quell some nerves as well as yeah not make a game at the bends uh so what's the word but basically we've been making a really bad habit of going down early at the bends so let's let's not do that but uh yeah and then up top uh i think that's pretty obvious yep there you go there's a, one name on that team sheet at the number nine position, and it is Yakumakis. Uh, and it's, yeah, you know, uh, man, it's just we we need to get him some service, however way we can. And at the bends, it's a little bit more apt to be able to find him. So uh, yeah, hopefully we can do that. But uh, yeah, that's our eleven. What do you guys think? Let us know in the comments below. But that gets us into the score prediction and Michael what is your score prediction uh 2-1 Atlanta um I'm always gonna say Atlanta wins in my predictions just because I I'm optimistic and I want them to win um but I feel like a draw is imminent (laughs) so it's (laughs) that makes me concerned but I mean you know I I'm just hoping that a lot like the LAFC game the other team just it's just not their day and if it's just not their day and they're having trouble finding the back of the net, we can we can get a win. Um, mm-hmm. So I hope that that's the case. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that'll be like, what I say. Two to one. Right. It seems like mind and heart say something different. Uh, likewise, for me, uh, my heart wants a win. My head, uh, the rational, logical mind part of it, says it's probably going to be a 2-2 draw or something like that. And uh, it's frustrating. We we need to make the bends a little bit more of a fortress where people can't get points off of us, or teams can't get points off of us. But alas, I don't think we're in that moment right now to be able to uh, yeah put away teams and put them to the sword. So... Yeah, also a draw. So 2-2 two, two draw. What do you guys think? Let us know in the comments below. Also, let's get into the chat. Let's see if uh, anybody has anything that they're saying. Before we wrap this baby up. Yeah. Um, the local pundit. Thanks for stopping by. Um, let's see. Yep, Strong is there. Thank you for stopping by, too. Um, inverted wingers are to add more attacking options up front, but they are bad at passing because they're inverted. Yep, we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> Atlanta has Gigi and Ahmad up front. Doesn't need more options. Needs more passes ending at these guys. Yeah, I mean, they're the tip of the spear. They're the focal point. Everything should be working towards getting them uh, into dangerous scenarios. So, yeah. Um, Elliot Beaven says 2-2 draw. Strong also says it's not up to Atlanta guys. It's up to how DC will press. Um, I mean, like again, like I'm saying, like if DC is on, it can be scary with Benteke. That guy is can be terrifying. So he can just light it up if he's if he's on. But like we saw Denny Mwanga, he wasn't on and he was silent. So hopefully we can see something like that and luck kind of follows us a bit back from LA. Um, what else is there? Uh, <laughs> Strong says Pineda has no ball instinct, which I don't know exactly what that means. Um, so we'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> and the local pundit says, "Yeah, uh, who are we talking about?" Benteke, he was not great in the EPL, but he can play, especially in this league. And yeah, we saw it. I mean, the guy scored a bike recently. Um, these also strong says DC don't like pressing high. They are more of a counterattacking team, but maybe he will have a tactical surprise. I mean, the, the the book is out on how to play Atlanta in Atlanta, and it's with counterattacks. I would put money on that we're going to see counterattacks from DC. So, yeah, I would bet because especially at home. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, as much as we play better on the counter. Uh, we're going to try to keep the ball. We're going to possess, and it's just, yeah, you know. Uh, is it the best thing that we can do at the moment? Not sure. Like, a lot of our best goals this season have been either on the counter or on set pieces or, you know, uh, dead balls. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's going to be, I think, in that vein where uh, we probably get something from a set piece and something from a counter because... That's just how we do at the moment. That's what we're good at. Uh, but, yep, exactly. But, uh, anyway, I think, uh, yeah, that's it from the chat, right? Yep. All right. Well, that pretty much is the entire episode except for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, what impact do you think Lionel Messi will have on MLS? It's a big question, but, uh, yeah, very curious. What you think, uh, I mean, is it going to be b- bigger than David Beckham? Is it going to be bigger than Pele. I mean, it'll be uh, very, very interesting to see uh, 
kind of what he does and what kind of uh, what kind of ultimate uh, legacy he brings uh, from having played in MLS. So we'll find out soon. Obviously, uh, it's going to be a crazy madhouse, but I'm here for it. It's going to be insane in July. But yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much the episode, guys. Uh, for Michael, I've been AJ. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe, and we will see you in the next video. Thank you so much for watching. Adios, everybody.